Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today's episode is with Sean McCormick. He's been on the program before, and this episode for today was recorded back in May. We were on the tractor, so was, you can hear it. We're in the cab of a tractor. Every spring I go up on the family farm and help out during planting season. So I, I texted Sean, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be in the field if you wanna hang out. So uh, he stopped by and we just hung out in the, the cab, just working the land. And we discuss infrastructure, the beauty of infrastructure, money, capitalism, summer, really good conversation. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think you will too. I actually saw Sean yesterday at the Racine County Fair. Speaking of summer, the county fair is one of the greatest American events in the summer. And so I saw him yesterday and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, think, I think we have uh, a recording I haven't posted yet. And right now I'm actually at the airport O'Hare in Chicago. I'm headed to London. So uh, you can hear the noise in the background. But today's episode is with Sean. It's a great one. Americana, love it. Without further ado, here's Sean. I'm on a John Deere 9200 tractor, uh, working up some land. I'm up in Wisconsin on the farm and it's planting season. So what I do during this time is I'll, I'll come up from Chicago and uh, just be on the farm for like a week and just uh, help out. So what I'm doing right now is I'm in the field and I'm working up the ground so that uh, the next tractor with the planter has a nice soft bed for the seeds to go into in the ground. So uh, that's what I kind of specialize in right now is uh, making this land beautiful, making the field beautiful. Uh, so I've, I've been up here for uh, maybe like four or five days and we've been, we've been working. I'm pretty focused when I come up here. I'm just like, I'm gonna be in the tractor all day, <laughs> you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, just in, in this tractor. Now, luckily, you know, when I tell people that, that I'm like going up and I'm gonna work on the farm, it's, it's not like before when I was younger where I'm in the fields and, you know, you have a stereo, usually it's like located right here. And, you know, you get some local radio stations, but they're playing the same songs like a rotation of the same songs, or you have this one talk radio station, this one sports talk, this country station, this oldie station, right? And now with, uh, with you know, my iPhone and then, then AirPods, so I'll have the AirPods in my ears, and then I have, uh, Then I got, I got these guys so that I can hear over the engine. 
Now, the tractor I'm on right now is, is much newer than tractors I've been on in the past. So it's, it's much quieter, if you can believe it, because I'm sure this sounds pretty loud, but... Um, so I just go up and down in the fields all day. And I, I really enjoy it. It's a great change of pace for me. Because um, I'm coming from the city and to me, I've, I've said this probably many times before, but I can, I need the country and I need the city to live harmoniously. I think humans are either meant to be in nature or with other people. So right now, this feeds my my nature side, right? The smell of the earth, the dirt, and the sun, and the, the green trees. You know, this time of year, everything is so green, and, and some of the, the flowers on the trees are bright pink. And today especially is a great day, that's why I chose to record this on this day. It's like the only above 70 degree and sunny day. Uh, in the forecast while I'm up here and just you know the energy is it's it's so magical in a way and so while I'm here I just think about life take a step back I just really have no worries I don't worry about anything in particular I don't necessarily think about anything I just let my mind wander And uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Dave, he was like, do you find it relaxing? Do you find it therapeutic when you go up? And I say, absolutely. Now this year I've been to Mexico City and Miami. <laughs> you know, so I'm at these places for a week, right? So I'm in a week in Mexico City, a week in uh, Miami, I'm in Chicago and just kind of like all over. But every year, this week that I'm up here on the farm, it feels the most like vacation, to be honest. it's This is my vacation in this tractor all day uh, for a week straight. That's vacation to me. And there's this focus because, uh, you know, you have a certain amount of time to get the seeds in for planting. Now we're doing soybeans and corn on the farm. And you know, it's go time. You got you gotta like I love the hustle in it. And I was just saying how relaxing it is. <laughs> now it feels like a vacation, but uh, I love the hustle and kind of working as a team with my family to uh, get the crops in and you know, because you never know, it might rain tomorrow or uh, there might be a breakdown on one of the tractors, some of the equipment, right? So you you can't you can't just lollygag around, and that's kind of the speed that is normal for me. That's that's kind of my my preset is full throttle all the time. People tell me I shouldn't work as much, 
work as hard or whatever. I, I don't I don't believe that. But anyways, um, so this time that I've been up here, it rained two days, so we couldn't be in the fields because then you get stuck, and it's uh, not a good thing. I don't know if you're aware of this, but getting stuck, getting the tractor stuck in the field is not a good thing. And then we had a, a tractor, we had a breakdown on one of the tractors. So there's always something, but you also prepare for that, right? You don't get down on it, you don't get mad or frustrated. It's like you just do the next thing you gotta do. And I think this time, out in the field it's been quite different. I'm noticing this like I'm operating at a, a different level personally. And it's pretty exciting. So when I'm up here, uh, I'm quite calm. And whereas other times when I come up here Sometimes I use it as like escapism in a way where, you know, I'm working on all my stuff but things aren't going exactly how I want or I feel kind of lost. And then I, I try to use this to take a step back. But it hasn't been that way right now. Um, I'm pretty confident in the direction I'm going and, and the things that are happening in my life around me. So it's it's actually quite even more relaxing this time. Um, so I'm just out here just kind of having fun on the tractor. My dad yesterday, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, I was like kind of finished with him. He's like, your work is beautiful. And I was like, yeah, it's like art to me. This is, this is kind of art. You know, the way the field looks and me preparing it and working it up, I want it to be beautiful. I view, that's how I kind of live life. It's, I want it to be as beautiful as possible. And when you look at whatever you're doing, if you have that mindset, it will lead to more success and great things and beauty. If everything you're doing is art and you approach it that way where you put a lot of thought and effort into it and care then then those are kind of the results so when I when I like work up the land I want it to be just, just beautiful just like a sweeping landscape <laughs> I call it agricultural art. You know, the uh, we have the sunflower here that digs up the dirt. And then uh, I'm on the tractor. So these are my tools to use on the canvas, which is this rough blank field, right? kind of my time to kind of I, this is actually like the only time I listen to podcasts in a way 
I listen to Evergreen podcast episodes. Um, other than that, I, I listen to history podcasts to fall asleep to. From basically like the Renaissance uh, and back, so it's not as uh, say emotionally stimulating in a way. If it's far enough removed, it feels like I'm quite removed from this history, so I can relax to it. But I listen to Evergreen podcast episodes, in particular Tim Ferriss. My podcast is kind of like a amalgamation of the Tim Ferriss show, Bill Simmons podcast, uh, the Dan Patrick show. And so I always have enjoyed Tim Ferriss's episodes. These are more like tech, talking to people in technology and the business world. So it gives me kind of a, a window into the kind of that perspective mindset but it's about uh, personal growth and and I love it so I've, I've listened to I think five episodes already and an audiobook on Ben Franklin it's the Walter Isaacson biography but I, I just I don't really like I mean, it's fine. It's something to listen to if I'm on the tractor for 12 hours at a time, but that's not how I prefer to consume books. I still like the physical copy, and then I can underline it and mark it up. That's uh, that's my favorite. Favorite way to consume reading material. Yeah, Ben Franklin, uh, learning more about him. Then I'll listen to uh, Bone Lane and the Beatles, primarily. Some reggaeton, Harry Styles. I will say this, today, there's a correlation between when I listen to country music and the weather and time of the year. I'm very contextual when it comes to country music. It's got to be like warm and sunny, kind of summer season. I was thinking about what my uh, so I have a country richest country tunes playlist, and it's it's like country music from the I would say. Maybe like 04 to 08. But then some classic ones. Some Toby Keith, Kenny Chesney. I don't think Garth Brooks is on Spotify. Um, Alan Jackson, George Strait. But I was, I was thinking, what, what is my favorite country music album? I think I would have to go Taylor Swift. 2006. I remember we, uh, my buddies and I, after we uh, graduated high school that summer, we all worked at this baseball diamond in like kind of clubhouse concession stand thing. And there was a jukebox there and it had Taylor Swift in it. 
and we played, we just put so much money into it and just repeated the Taylor Swift album over and over and over. And then that year we went to our Country Thunder and Taylor Swift opened for Carrie Underwood and we were third row for Taylor Swift. We were, we were the Swifties before the, uh, you know, before she's as big as she is now. That, that's a quite uh, pure album. I really, I really enjoyed that album and so I listened to it a little bit out here in the field today. There's, there's something great about just listening to country music when it's sunny out and you're out in the country. I love it. I love it. This is the this is kind of the time of year where over the last number of years I've usually taken a trip in the spring somewhere warm. I go somewhere warm because I don't I don't necessarily love the like grayness and uh, kind of cold, like 30 to 50 degrees every day, and rainy, cloudy, overcast for like three months straight, kind of gets to me, so I go somewhere warm. Every year since uh, 2017, then I come back to Chicago for a little bit, and then I come up here on the farm and, and then once I'm done here on the farm and I go back to Chicago, that's kind of when summer, summer kind of begins. Because the, we the weather has to be relatively nice and dry and warm to dry up any rain that we have in the fields. So by the time I come back to Chicago, it's amazing how green and how vivid all the colors are. It's like all the stimuli, it's like coming back to a city. It's like returning to a city that is different. Coming to a city that's different than when I left it. And uh, I'm excited to go back to Chicago too and continue uh, working working on uh, the things that I'm doing, execution, but then like go to some Cubs games, Sox games, take some more walks outside, just the city just kind of blossoms, a lot more energy, I dig that. Now I'll, I'll like uh, just pack a bunch of food, you know, some carrots, string cheese, almonds, bananas, apples, uh, and some pecans this time, some pretzels. Then I have this, uh, this thermos that I use. I've been using this one since like 2017. I make some French press coffee and I put it in here. <laughs> Then I'll like take a break. I'll go in for lunch for like you know 20 to 30 minutes, 
come back out and I go to beyond when the sun goes down. And my mom, my mom's like, oh, I can't believe you're out so long. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, coffee. Coffee and uh, the tech, technology we have, I don't get bored here. Isn't that amazing? I'm just going up and down, up and down in the fields and I, I don't get bored. excited for the next six months or so and what we're gonna do and create and learn a lot of my my thought process right now is just getting back to learning and you learn by doing so that's kind of where my my mind is at right now and joy in the process and the journey. Speaking of journey, so we're actually in the field where I had my near-death experience almost uh, five years ago. May 29th, 2018, jumped from a burning tractor. So we're like, I'm in the tractor right now, right? And say there's a tree line up ahead. I hear this loud pop. So I shift over here to neutral. <laughs> by the time I look up, there's flames already by the cat, and my stomach drops. And I just I open the door over here and I just jump. Uh, and I got burns. I got burns on my arm. Uh, but ever since that day, you know, when you're confronted with a situation like that, you are reminded of the fragility of life that death is coming for each and every one of us. It's just a matter of when. And so I, I wanted to live a better life. Well, how do you do that? I didn't really know. But in a combination of things, I just started reading books. I just read and read and read and then started taking up uh, reading and practicing philosophy, meditation, and um, just every day. Every day getting, getting better and better. And it's almost five years now and it's been quite, quite a journey now. I'm excited for the next five years. And taking that approach again, getting back to basics, I'm focusing again on that. Start at the beginning. Zen mind, beginner's mind. I recently reread that book. Zen mind, beginner's mind. And just have the mindset of a beginner. Because when you have that, you're more eager to learn. Your ego's out of the way. You view things kind of like a child in that wonder and everything is new and fresh and there's a lot more joy in the experience. And 
so I'm kind of getting back to that and just being in the tractor and on the farm it's kind of reminded me of that approach again so I have all these things going on in life and sometimes I feel overwhelmed but then like I come back here on the farm and it's like okay we have X amount of acres to plant we can't do it all in one day so we just have to chip away at it and just make progress and then you know prepare ahead of time so that you know this tractor can run during this time and everything is set for it and we can just kind of go out and execute but it's getting you know if we have this much to do it's getting this much done today this much done tomorrow this much done another day and the accumulation adds up to success or you know the completion completion right and it's then about just applying it to the other applying that concept to the other things that I'm working on when I listen to the Tim Ferriss show he talks to all these different successful people and tries to kind of pick their brain about their processes, strategies, stories. And the pattern is that there's really no... There's really no like one way to do anything. It's just figuring out what works best for you and then doing that doing it consistently and doing it every day. Habits. Right? Habits. So I'm excited for that. But, uh, yeah, it's been a nice little chat out of here in the field. Just breathe. Breathe. And, uh, Luckily here, up on the farm, so much fresh air. I just love breathing it all in. In and out. Input, output. What you put in, you get out. There you go. And you have to plant the seeds before you can harvest the fruits. Before you can harvest energy, right? Farming, agriculture, you can use a lot of these concepts in your own life. Be prepared, plant, nurture, harvest. Boom. Alright, so we're in the John Deere 9200. We're working on some ground planting season. It's uh, late May and Sean McCormick is here with me in the cab. <laughs> this is this is like uh, you know on the go recording. We just figure out how to record so we got like this suction cup. What do you call that? Uh, like a holder for the phone? 
Yeah. And then we just angle it. And then we got a microphone in my pocket. Oh, cool. So it's uh, experimenting. Lots of experimenting. Yeah. But yeah, we're working on the ground. Good to see you. It's a beautiful day. It's like 75. Sunny. Glorious. We're in the last field now. Uh, we're almost done with planting. It's like every year. So we have the planting season and the harvest season. And when these seasons hit with farming, it's just like go time. Go time. You just gotta hustle, right? You get just yeah. get out in the fields, you go all day, sun up, sundown, oh, yeah. and you need just need to get everything in as quickly as possible because the weather's can be unpredictable and you just don't want to sit on your hands, right? Yeah. So uh, we're here in the last field that we're doing and I said to Sean, I was like, hey, if you wanna come ride around on the tractor, come on down. So good to, good to have you in here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, once again. So what what have you been up to lately? Uh, lately I've just been working out in uh, Delvin at a wastewater treatment plant. Uh, we are actually uh, revamping the water plant to uh, decrease the phosphorus levels on the wastewater. And they want to okay. try to get it down to like 0.03 or some really, really small so there's less phosphorus that goes out after it leaves the plant. So what is what exactly is phosphorus? Uh, phosphorus is like kind of like a, uh, like a dirty element I guess. It's kind of it's on the periodic table, right? It's like it's that pH element thing on the periodic table. Yeah. So, um, I'm not really into the scientific terms, but it's like basically phosphorus is like the stuff you want to breathe in the air, and it's like you emission stuff you want to bring down your move uh, down your CO2 and stuff like that. It's carbon emissions, phosphorus, is stuff that's produced out of your wastewater and stuff like that. Is it a gas or a metal? Uh, I think it's like a gas. Or it, can, it can be a metal too, I think, but um, okay. there's like, sometimes like, uh, everything can convert from like a gas to like a solid too. Stuff like that, so I don't know all the science behind the, the gas and uh, stuff like that. But. So at the water treatment plant, what exactly is the process? You now this is a, a place that creates clean water. Yeah, so what it does is it takes all the stuff that goes from the houses, your buildings, uh, from a bathroom, your sinks and everything, goes to a yeah. plant, uh, gets treated with uh, deter clean detergents to make it better. Then the water goes into the clar uh, clarifiers, which helps break down the, the gets eaten by the microorganisms, and all that stuff breaks down, and eventually it breaks down to uh, clean water. And then it leaves, uh, leaves the plant as clean water. That's the goal. That's the, clean that's water. The, yeah, that's the goal is to get water clean. So every, so everywhere you look, there's always you know your little tiny microorganisms and bacteria and stuff like that that eat 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 other things basically. You know they they have to live. So uh, so they gotta have some kind of source of food. So eventually all that stuff breaks down. And with the help of wastewater plants. Uh, they can add detergents and stuff to help break it down, the process down, and eventually it's gonna end up back in the clean water. So it takes dirty water, you add stuff in it to break down those microorganisms, 
quicker. Yeah. And then there's like a filter and it comes out as clean water. Yeah, yeah we filter, filter out the water and everything. Uh, take all the solids out of it. And uh, some wastewater plants take the solids and it turns into like methanol. So this is, the solids are human waste? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like the toilet paper and stuff like that, all that, eventually all that stuff's gonna have to break down. And they separate all the solids out and uh, anything left over gets uh, broken down by like bacteria and stuff uh, and the other stuff that's in there breaks down and eventually it turns into uh, clean water. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't... It's like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, human but, story. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't, don't see that. Uh, take, a, take like a dead carcass or something, like an animal or something that's dead. Yeah. It breaks down. Yeah. Right? And then it... You know, everything and anything that's left over and turn kind of acts like fertilizer for the ground, you know, like a dead remains of a, an animal, a deer or something. Yeah. It breaks down, goes back to being fertilizer or something for the earth. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, with the waste. Yeah, it's, it's the sounds, process, yeah. It's, it sounds disgusting when you see wastewater, but if you think about it, if you see like Lake Michigan or, or any wastewater plant that's on a pond or a lake, yeah, it looks dirty, but that's all the algae that sits in the way. Yeah. yeah. So, I really, really don't, I really didn't know anything until I actually worked that one. Or, and another one that was at like five years ago. So what do you do there? So what do I do is I replace, uh, when they remodel it, I got, I deal with all the pipe and the heat and air conditioning right. type so stuff. So you're laying pipe? Yeah. Per usual. Yeah. Yeah, per usual. So, I so we install are installing 36 inch ductile pipe. It's pretty much just like cast iron with a layer of cement on the inside of that pipe. That is uh, ductile pipe. You said a layer of what? Cement. Cement. Okay. Yeah. Layer of cement on the inside of that pipe, and that is uh, all the ductile iron is uh, was commonly for wastewater, wastewater, drain water, stuff like that. Huh. Kind of like uh, your your tile that you use for the fields is probably like clay or yeah. that uh, that black plastic, yeah. right? For wastewater, it's ductile pipe, which is cast iron with uh, a layer of cement on the inside of that pipe. Now, so are you replacing pipes that are outdated or just um, new ones? What? How exactly so is that? It's both. Uh, for like redesigning the plant and uh, anything that's but be all that needs to be updated then we'll replace the pipe too as needed okay. so, if like your design is caused for like redesigning and we're doing that per per the job site or, or per the specs on the front but if there's something that looks like it needs to be replaced because it looks because it's bad or something that it's going to be like another like another mini job added on okay you know it's like but you buy a used car but if you find something that's wrong with it or a tractor or something then you need to replace something you got to fix it then right it's like another job on top of it you know that's right yeah so it's actually pretty interesting once you get into it and stuff like that going it's it's not sexy but it's so important yeah you know infrastructure and like yeah, like in, in reality too, it's that yeah, like I said, it doesn't really sound attractive or appealing. But if we didn't do it, we would not have a bathroom or the plumbing that we have to to take care of our stuff. 
Yeah. So it really makes you appreciate plumbing and stuff like that and the stuff that the guys do, you know. I think about almost on a daily basis. Yeah. I'm thinking about how grateful I am for indoor plumbing. Yeah. I mean, this is like a, a pretty recent phenomenon in the human story, right? Maybe like 150 years. Mm-hmm. Been able to have like toilets and running water oh, in, yeah. in the house. Like, plumbing has been around for a long, long time. If you look, look, look back in the history, like the Aztecs, the Greeks, the Romans and stuff, yeah, one way or another, they had ways to transport water over a long distance. Yeah. It might not be in the form of a, of a piece of pipe, but if you look at the archaeology of it all, they got like uh, the waterways and stuff like over in France and Germany and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, in Greece? Oh well, yeah, they have, they have ways to transport water and it's all by yeah, flow of gravity. Yeah. That's yeah. why everything's on a pitch. Yeah, the Roman aque- aqueducts. Aqueducts? Oh yeah. I like to go see those. That'd be a cool trip. I I would go I, see. I've always wanted to go see those. That kind of stuff over there in Europe, because that's where like a lot of that stuff comes from. When you look at a lot of civilizations, uh, successful, uh, notable ones, a lot of their success comes from infrastructure. Yeah. Roads, waterways, uh, aqueducts, like you just mentioned. Uh, being able to take big projects, public projects that benefit society and making making life easier is, uh, I don't know, just creating more value in a way. Right. The Aztecs, they were like the best engineers in, of all the native people in the Americas. Pretty impressive, some of the things they were able to do. Oh yeah. Well, just like take our roadways for example. Do you know that our, our highways and stuff didn't really become commonly used until after World War Two. And the ones who cars? our highways. So the like so like our highways was really used for primarily on uh, military movement of our military. Uh, yeah. Uh, Personnel and our no, tanks. Are you talking freeways or highways? Highways. Okay. Yeah, well, it started with freeways, but really it's the highways and stuff going from one country okay. to the next. Hitler really innovated that when he created the Autobahn. The Autobahn was back in during World War II, so that Hitler could move as much product as he can on one uh, going one way. Yeah. But it really, it really didn't start getting popular until like, what we get to do with all these highways when you get done with the war. Then start becoming uh, used for businesses and stuff like that. We can transport, let's say, your corn and stuff like that across the country from Nebraska or something like that, you know? Yeah. Can you hand me, uh, there's a blue bottle in there? My coffee. Make some some French press coffee. Oh, yeah? Twice a day. I print it out of the cab, so I'm just like sipping on French press coffee in my. uh, I've had this water bottle thing. It works really well. It keeps everything warm or yeah. cold. And, um... Yeah, I was really into the primary colors in 2017. So, like, anything I owned was either bright red, bright yellow, or bright blue. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go well with the aesthetic mm-hmm. these days. But, uh, very useful water bottle. Shout out to this company. 
It's what is this, uh, anyways? Simply modern. Oh wow. Simply modern. Uh, actually, I've had an, I think a few of their water bottles. Oh. A navy blue one. I think, I think I lost in New York City accidentally. A navy blue one and. Uh, Get them on Amazon for like 20 bucks. They're pretty oh. good. They're pretty useful. Speaking of infrastructure and commerce, Amazon's logistics and infrastructure has got to be insane. Yeah. If, uh, they, and, and stuff like that actually does benefit them. Whether you have a warehouse and you use it or not, it benefits you. Like, uh, like Amazon, if they use it or not, or yeah, anything, any any type of real estate you have is going to benefit no matter what. At at some point, one way or the other, okay. it's universal. It's like universal. It helps in taxes. You can store stuff. You can rent it out. You can use it for a lot of things. Or if you just want to sit and look at it, it makes you feel good. So <laughs> you can use it to grow crops, drive a tractor. Today, it. Uh more and more people need to feel good. Real estate. You can sit and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another reason. <laughs> Richie, Richie likes, likes to work the farm, so he buys land. I, I like uh, coming out here. So, you know, I live in the city. I live a very cosmopolitan life. Yeah. But I love the country. I'm very, I, I mean, anybody who is watch videos or listen to me before I'm obsessed with this philosophy that I believe humans are either meant to be in nature or with other humans right. social and so I have the city and then I have the country out here and just um, I don't know maybe 10 days ago is when I started out here again on the farm to get it going for planting season and just the smell of the dirt and earth oh, yeah. I just took this deep breath exhaled and it's like oh yeah it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting world right you have all this nature and yet at the same time we're talking about all these infrastructure projects and uh commerce and the modern world too. I uh in a way I'm like I'm kinda of colorblind in a way but to it it's also how the way your brain works and how people see color. But like on the dirt and stuff are you like what do you like you see the dirt before you plow it or before you cultivate it, color it and then when you turn it over. Oh it's so sexy. Yeah I don't <laughs> dude like it is so like this out there, like, it's attractive. It. Like, you know, it's the, to me, like, I, you, know, you see the, that, like, some brownish, some brownish in it, and, like, the more, the more it's got, the moisture that's got into it, it comes softer, kind of, you know, almost kind of sticky or whatever, but, yeah. It's a big thing, so, um, my dad, the other day, a few days into, uh, our planting, uh, so there's, there's three of us, and we, like, I'll work up the ground, someone will plant, someone will be hauling stuff, whatever. 
So we got this uh, smooth operation, and my dad's like, your work is beautiful. Uh, and I go, I know, it's art. Because everything, I approach life, and I've trained my mind to, like, whatever I do, put thought and care into it, like, it is art. It's like the process of creating something beautiful. Right. And it's just, it doesn't matter if it's a... You know, you can use paint on a canvas, but to me, I look at just this, this open field as my canvas, and the tool is the tractor and the sunflower here working the land. So I, I like to work it up in a way that at the end it just is beautiful. Yeah. And and it's I call it agriculture art. Agriculture art. And then so I'll take photos. After I'm done with the field, I'll take photos. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like being out here. This is the time of year when Wisconsin really starts showing its beauty more. You know, this uh, springtime starts to get warmer very green everything is so green you know what and then we go into summer and just like the culture in Wisconsin people doing a lot of things outdoors grilling out just hanging out having a good time enjoying life yeah. what's something you're excited for coming up this summer Activities you're planning for the summer that you're excited for? Uh, in particular, I would, I would definitely like to. Uh, I think I'd definitely be getting out, back out to more uh, riding motorcycles, or getting uh, get back into doing ATVs, and, uh, traveling a little bit with that. Uh, just getting out to the trails and start seeing more nature, more parks and stuff like that. Definitely want like to hit the, the back country stuff more and get out of the city life for a while. Because like like yeah. you and I, I grew up, you know, we both grew up in the country yeah. stuff. So, and like our country, it's interesting where we live because it's country, mm-hmm. but there's also like city and towns around us. Right. You know, we got Milwaukee like 25 minutes from here, but up north, that's some like oh, that's yeah. some real nature. Not this, this is definitely nature too, but even more nature on top of nature. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't been uh, up north in probably uh, in over 10 years. Where, where do you usually go up there? I go up to Rhinelander every year. Okay. Yeah, so I go with, uh, I go with a group of guys from my church. I go up, up to sort of stuff like that at a camp. And then, uh, sometimes if I got other friends or uh, other people, sometimes I might hang out 
we'll go to their place for a while, do some work and stuff, and you know, uh, which is really cool because you know it's nature. So and a uh, good quality. Uh, uh, what do I want to call it? Hanging hang out time with your friends and stuff, and your brothers and stuff like that. You know. Wait. So go back when you go up there. What do you do when you guys hang out? What uh, activities are you doing while you're there? So we, so I can have the friends down there. We go fishing, we go cook out all day, every day for the few days that we're up there. Uh, sometimes we, uh, we also build stuff. So we like, I think last time I was up there, we built like a small gazebo. So like tile floors and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, and then um, uh, uh, plant some trees, maybe like a small crop field or something like that from things like that, go fish and yeah. so get carded when the cop comes by. Hey you got your license? Yep, it's right here. <laughs> what kind yeah. of what kind of fish are out there? Uh we do the like crab use or like little bluegills and stuff like that. Okay. I, I don't fish a lot, but when I go, it turns out to be like bluegills or, <laughs> you know, or maybe yeah. some bass and stuff. So I always got a couple extra licenses just in case. I like uh, some of my family, they're really into fishing. Oh, yeah. I, I would only be. I never got into fishing hardcore much. Yeah. Um, same as like other like outdoor sports, but they were really into it. We would, the time of year when I did fish was when we went up north, and um, I remember like the, I think the best tasting fish, I don't know, let's get your thoughts first. What do you think the best tasting fish are? You're, you're eating it after you catch them, right? Uh, I've never, to be honest, I've never been a big fish eater. Whether if I fished them or not, I've never been a big fish eater. No? Uh, I, ju I just started eating more fish in the last six months. Okay, why Why the increase now? Uh, change of diet. So, you know, when you have uh, learning fishing, like meat and stuff like that, that's more uh, better than eating all the processed food that's out there. Right. But most of it, let's say, I can't say all because I don't know doing my research, but like, you know, you start eating more fish and more, no more meat and stuff like that, whatever, if it's lamb or deer or whatever, it's, it's, it's more healthy. You start eating more grass type foods like lettuce and yeah. uh, sunflower seeds and stuff like that. Run. Slide this in there again. Yeah, actually, so, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, OP, uh, right now I'm just eating a lot of salmon. I'm not a big tuna person, okay. but I've been eating a lot of salmon. Salmon, salmon's great. Yeah. A little expensive. Yeah. But it is like packed, packed yeah. with uh, nutrients, for sure. So this say, if you, know how to, if you know how to cook something, you can make anything taste good, even if you don't like it. That's true. You know, and that's why I kind of learned to start cooking. I really don't, I don't care much for fish, but I'm learning how to cook it where it's like, oh, it's appealing. It's good. You know, also, and then that was the other thing that, that made me like fish is that once I started learning how to cook it, 
know, and do better, um, better cooking things. Then. So how do you how do you cook salmon? How do you personally do it? First, how I do it is that I get some uh, season uh, for fish, and I uh, lightly uh, uh, put a little bit of season on top of my salmon. And, what kind uh, of seasoning? Uh, I'm trying to think. It's kind of. I don't recall the name of the season offhand. Uh, like, I think it's like gourmet season or something like that. Like a, is it like a lemon pepper or something? Yeah, it's kind of like lemon pepper. I like putting uh, ginger. Ginger? On salmon. Really? Yeah. And then, uh, do you cook yours on the grill or in the oven? No, it's, it's always uh, in the oven. I don't have, I live in a high rise, so I don't have really oh, access to a grill or uh, I didn't know if there was limitations on like if you can cook in a balcony or not or, or if you go on. Yeah, I feel like food always tastes better from a grill. Yeah. I bake, I bake chicken a lot and uh, ground beef. But again, they both taste way better yeah. on a grill. Oh, tomato sauce, like to, uh, tomato sauce, they can put over like spaghetti. I make my own. Oh really? Yeah. I just started making my own from fresh tomatoes. Oh, I can't, not, nothing can on my tomato sauce. Yeah. I can also make it into a soup. Okay. Yeah. It, it just uh, I'm a, like I make mine with like some like garlic salt. Uh, then I get a uh, like uh, chopped up or minced garlic. Uh, then I put like a little bit of uh, regular salt to kind of get like gives it a boost and do like some chili sometimes I might put chili uh, powder or, or, cheyenne, or cayenne powder in it okay yeah. you cook, then, so do you cook a lot uh it kind of gives a take on you get to kind of match it to for taste so like when you put some in yeah. you, gotta, you gotta taste it so I, don't, I really don't have a set measurement I just see how, if it tastes good you know yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. You should always taste your stuff to make sure it tastes good, you know. But, uh, yeah. And it depends on how long I have it cooking for on the stove or on the fire. Uh, it depends on, uh, it'll determine if it becomes a little more like a soup or more like a sauce. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I would like to, I say this, but I don't really mean it, I don't think, <laughs> like, I think, like, cooking yeah. and exploring more, like, culinary, uh, culinary art, like, on my own and developing, yeah. cooking a more variety of foods is something that appeals to me, but in reality, I eat the same thing, like, every single meal, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like, I've, I've eaten the same breakfast every day for over 10 years. What do you have for breakfast? So I eat uh, oatmeal. Mm -hmm. So, like, old-fashioned oats. Like, half a cup. Oh. And then a cup of milk. Then I put it on low for, like, 12 minutes. Put yeah. some cinnamon. Oh, okay. And then uh, at 12 minutes, I add frozen blueberries to it. <laughs> stir it around. I got that. And then I do, like, three eggs. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, salt and some depends on the spice I might do some like Greek spice or some like Middle Eastern spice or Argentinian spice oh, okay. 
so that's what I eat every day for breakfast. And then the other ones are just uh, like chicken or ground beef, brown rice, and spinach for lunch and dinner. And like, it works. I say, but the, 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 the key is like barbecue sauces or like I'll use pesto. I've been getting into pesto lately. Yeah. That doesn't, it keeps it fresh. You know, it's something new. So I don't think it's too boring for me. Right. But I do say like, oh yeah, I should explore more culinary um, adventures. But in reality, I just don't. <laughs> notice in a country is that when friends get together when guys get together yeah. they work on projects so you said when you go up north a lot of people I'm sure are thinking oh yeah just kick it and relax no you guys built a gazebo <laughs> you guys yeah you guys are taking taking off from work to go and work, to go and work. And I, I had expressed uh, in a, like a different video, like when I go on vacation, like I, I went to Mexico City this year, and Miami, but I, those to me like aren't really vacations because I'm always exploring, I'm always wanting to learn new things and just right. uh, checking out the culture, making observations, taking notes. And when I'm back on the farm every year, and I'm in a tractor for 12 hours a day in an open field going up and down, up and down. Yeah. To me, this is more relaxing than being on a beach in Miami. Because I just let my mind wander. It's, and it's work. Yeah. It's, it's like my vacation. On my, va my vacation, my true vacation I experience, I'm working. It's, it's, like, you know, it's like the country boy. Yeah. In a, in a way, like, I really don't see it as work if you're having fun with it. Like, exactly. You know, also, I mean, it's work, but you don't think of it as work, you know? Yeah. It's also another thing, too. Like, if people see other people's jobs, and they think they're glamorous. Mm -hmm. But every job is... As, as It's a job, and it, there's yeah. a lot of things that go into it, you know? Yeah. like acting right yeah. people see the like lifestyle of an actor or whatever but they probably wouldn't see the time they spent memorizing lines in yeah. front of a mirror and working on their non-verbals and things like that that's got to be tedious and long yeah. long process it was interesting the other thing too is like some people think that well, you know, it's certain guys like Warren Buffett, Donald Trump, Elon Musk and stuff. Well, these guys are billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's billion dollars in assets, not what's sitting in a bank account. You're yeah. like, you know, some of it's liquidity and some people, or some of it's in type of other stuff, you know? It's yeah. not, they don't have money they can just want to spend and, oh, you know, 
there's a reason why they have it. It's because they're doing work. They're doing something for society. Yeah, they move the money around in different places. Yeah. So that they can use them out and invest it almost like energy, right? Yeah. You're giving this other thing over here some energy for it to grow, mm-hmm. right? And then with the fruits of that, you put that energy towards this thing over here and have that grow. And, right. You know. A lot of it's like decision making. I really never got into like looking at stuff like that until just recently. Like investments? Yeah, investments and stuff because like you're most of the world to, let's put it this way, ninety percent of the people in America are people who make less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. Now one percent, which are I don't want to say that the wealth just of the wealthy, but the rich, let's put it this way, the one percent of the population are rich. And those are the people who are make over four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Okay. How do you think that those people who have that kind of wealth? They invest. They don't just say like, "Oh, hey, I got thirty million dollars, so I'm gonna just re- retire and I have to go to work." Well, it's even more simple. It's like to become rich, don't spend your money. Like, yeah. just like chill on it, and then then make moves. Right. Then there's the don't uh, spend more money than you take in. Bingo. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what it is. The, the, like people don't understand uh, how money works. Well, most okay, people so don't. let me. You just said most people don't understand how money works. Right. Why do you think in a capitalistic society that America is, why aren't we taught that in through education and in school? Because in our society, there. I see it as that as we start getting these big capitalist people, our government likes to take money from taxes. We are raised up in public schools. People who have these big companies need skilled labor. So they are in a way, if I'm not mistaken, it's in a way that these guys are like, hey, I need to, I'll help invest in your, in your system if you help give me skilled workers and labor of people. You know, so let's say if you start back in like the guys, back main guys who developed, pretty much developed America in the last 150 years, the guys who created oil, railroad and stuff like that, they need skilled, skilled laborers at some point or another. That's why our public school system is set up as in to learn math, read it, and read and write, and learn how to pay taxes. That's what gets done in our school. So I think part of it's due to that. It's just, it's just kind of form a certain group to do a certain thing. I think so. It's it's like the education system is constructed in a way to provide labor for. Um, Wealthy individuals slash companies, or like, individuals who run 
companies so that they have people to help make them more money. In a way? That could be part of it, yes. I don't know for sure, but one way or another, that, that, could, that could be a valid point at one, at one time. But then again, too, it's like, well, who came up with this idea, though? You know what I'm saying? So I, I really can't, I really cannot answer too much. But just that, I guess, in my opinion, that's just a theory. I don't know. But then again, too, these people that know how to make money and stuff do have a right to keep so what they saw. Do you, you know? think the people that have learned how to make money? Do you think they learned that skill in school or no? I do not. You don't think they learned that school? No, I think that they learned it from the people who know how to run business. They don't like they don't teach us tax codes. They don't teach the they don't teach us rules and regulations of the government to the full extent in school. I mean, when when we went to school, they taught us about polygrams, right? Well, how far does a polygram get you and I in farming or if you got a pipe fitter? <laughs> to, yeah. to, to a certain degree, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This area right here, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, yeah, it's bumpy like that. I think, to, you know, to your question, I think that can be changed. I think... Uh, you know, I'm sure that there's probably taught somewhere, but, you know, they teach a lot. What did, what did they teach you guys in, like, school and stuff? What, probably was a little bit of it, right? They don't... What I'm, what I'm, like, curious about recently is America's known as, like, the number one example of capitalism. Like, a right. capitalistic society. So if that's the system, why isn't it taught? Why why aren't the people that live within that system taught more about how to operate within that system so that they can live a life that fills them with with purpose and their dreams? I'm not really sure why it's not taught like that, even though that's what our that's what our country is based on. I think uh, over time, it's I think it's kind of it's becoming water. Our our capitalist country is becoming water now. How so? What do you mean? Uh, I think a lot of people teach your kids to go find a job that's got security versus taking risk. And yeah. uh, spending money to an, as, uh, using spending money on an investment versus buying uh, a, a nice car or something. Consumerism. Yeah, right? I think I think we're based more on consumerism, consuming things versus being an investor and a risk taker. So yeah, so American culture influences you to become a consumer and not an investor. Yeah. Yeah. I've. Uh, because there's, I've, I've, got, I've uh, spoken to a handful of people and all kind of seem to be have the consumer idea versus the investor idea because the investing, investing in something is a lot of risk and you can lose it. But if you look at, uh, if you look at both of them, you're gonna, you, 
with investing, you have a chance of making money. But if you just go spend your money on some a Lamborghini or something, you're more like more likely to guarantee to lose that million dollars down to eight hundred thousand dollars than if you were going to spend a million dollars on Apple or Microsoft. Well, back that up a little bit. You use an example of a Lamborghini, but I would take it even more like a more common example. It's just like stupid stuff you don't need. Yeah. A TV, you know, not everybody can afford a Lamborghini, but people can buy, you know, consumer electronics to watch on their screens and be entertained. Yeah. It's that kind of spending, I feel like. Or... I don't know, toys. Toys they're not going to actually use consistently. But all that stuff adds up. If it, uh, well, here, here's also another way of looking at it, I guess, uh, to make it easier for me. If you buy something and it doesn't bring in your money, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. What, what? And now you're coming from a perspective, uh, anyone who's listening or watching. Yeah. Sean, you have paid off, you have bought a house, paid it off. Mm-hmm. You have a truck, you paid that off. So this is about making sound economic decisions and making money decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a like you said, it's a perspective. Uh, if you want to use that as an example, I bought a house, got that paid off, bought a truck, that's paid off, and uh, and you know. Real estate is—it is an investment. It is a good investment. Um, to us, that I'm not telling you—I mean, I'm your or anybody's financial advisor—but it is something to look into and to see what your finances are and talk to somebody who's um, that is really knowledgeable, that's a professional, that's that's got an expertise on these, and to just you know, how can this. How can I make my money back in this as a return of an investment? It's not that's what an investment is. Is your money still gonna be there when you put it there? You know, yeah. so like my house, that's where that's where I chose to put my money and stuff like that. Um, there's other things uh, that you can buy that you can lose money on, but um, like I said, real estate is a good idea and that's the route that I took. So, yeah, so your your head's at the things you're looking at investing in your kind of world where my head's at is just this, this question of the most complaints I see from people it's about money and society American society and capitalism and and The question of like, if you're a citizen of the United States, why is it that we haven't like broadly have all learned more about capitalism and how to use it? It just seems odd. To me, it, it, to me it does seem odd too. Uh, 
So then, because we're not taught it, people are either fear it or hate it. Yeah. Because it's a lack of understanding, uh, and people it hurts people's confidence and egos in their selves because they might feel stupid about this. Yeah. But it's only because they haven't learned it before, right? right? And it's the attachment people make and judgment they make on something being like good or bad when it's just like a system that we it's like the system we live in live in yeah. it's a system it's not like a biological thing right. um, that's yeah that's that's where I'm coming from like that just that curiosity I, I do wish that um they would teach more about things like that and uh, be less fearful, but just less fearful on the risk, uh, on the assessment and how you look at things. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's always interesting. What would you, okay, so we're talking about uh, making sound decisions and judgments mm-hmm. in regards to money. Say you got. I don't know what. What's like if you got a big, a big investment paid off, and you decide to put some of it away, a lot of it away, whatever. But you're gonna blow it on something, like get something big that you want to reward yourself, something special. What would you do? X amount of dollars just to pull on whatever I want. Yeah, let's say let's say you had, you know, like a toy or a trip or a experience. Is there anything? What would be like the one thing you would go just like live a little bit? Uh, and not and not feel guilty. Yeah. Uh, I think that I probably would have had for probably a good portion of what I've always wanted, just because I have been, uh, I, I use that as an investment, I built a dream on it, you know. Um, if anything, I probably have, I probably, probably would buy a lot of land, and uh, probably have like, I think I probably would want to build a big complex or like, or something where I can like house my friends, my family, and stuff like that, and take care of people. Personally, I probably, I think I probably would do that. My my ultimate goal. I think I think that's probably one of my dreams. I used I used to be a guy that's why I want to just motorcycle or a nice Lamborghini or something. But I think over the last five ten years, I probably I changed honestly. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's me. You know, I've uh, gotten to learn how to. Uh, appreciate more things in life and uh, so yeah so you're not so you would not be tempted to uh, spend it frivolously on anything I might but I think my I think well that's not, the question yeah I oh, might, well, why might you spend it on I'm, I'm curious probably a car maybe or lots of land probably buy lots of land I think that's probably going to be my top one right there lots of land and then do like a snow angel on it that too, a, a snowman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably. 
And I gotta have something to do with the land, I'll probably have to call it Richie. <laughs> yeah, I'll dig it up for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting world. Ah, that, yeah, that'll probably, probably have the land. Okay, so. I'm gonna break that question down a little bit more. If you could take a trip anywhere in the world, where and what would you do? Uh, I think we have, we have to uh, temporarily go to Hawaii. Hawaii? Yeah. Elaborate. Probably a nice tropical place. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I spent. I never been anywhere outside the United States, really. Do you, have, do you have a passport? Yeah. yeah. I got a passport. Uh, I never used it. Used it except for identification. So. Yeah. When does it expire? Never did. What? I got. I got sent it in. Do you know when it expires? Uh, I think it expired. January, I think, or no, I think it expired December. Oh, it already expired. Yeah, yeah. I just got sent it done. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just gonna send that on the express or whatever, just to get it back. You know? That's what I did. I, uh, my passport expired during COVID. Yeah. 2020, and uh, I was like, well, I don't see myself traveling internationally anytime soon. Yeah. With COVID. Uh, so I sat on it, but then uh, this Mexico City trip, I might have done earlier, but I had to uh, renew my passport. But yeah. I did the express one. I think it cost me like 200 bucks. Yeah. Not bad. I don't know. That was good for another 10 years. I actually almost used my passport uh, for a job. I was going to get into uh, household moving, uh, driving semis. Okay. And... Uh, so the place, the place that was called Merchants Movie, you know, seen? They okay. also did, did uh, United States and Canada. Oh, okay. So that was like a perk of having a passport is that I can get, it'll be easier to get certain uh, I'll be looked upon to get certain jobs I can require in, yeah, international travel, travel, like that. Is that something you ever uh, look into? Is Truck driving? Yeah, I did that one or a couple times. I did. And uh, why did you decide uh, not to? Uh, well, because uh, the top reason why I to, uh, a couple reasons why I chose not to would be sitting in a truck for ten hours, kind of eight or ten hours at a time, because you can't travel for more than ten hours on in a day on a, on a semi. Oh really? I didn't know yeah. that. that. That's one of the rules. I think it was like eight or ten hours. You can't drive more than eight or ten hours, so you have to have so many breaks in between. But ten hours, ten hours of driving is your uh, daily limit, and you have to record your time and stuff like that. So, uh, second thing would be. So uh, you're saying you don't want to be limited, or it's too long to be sitting down for a time. Kind of limited when you're driving a semi. You're kind of limited in a way, yeah. and um, I mean that's all you're doing is driving. 
Obviously, you know, when you're on a farm, you're driving a tractor for 10 or 12, 14 hours or something too, right? But you're yeah, kind it's of not like, year-round. But it's not year-round. It's like two weeks. Yeah. I'm up here 12 hours a day doing yeah. it. You know? But you're on the farm, you're doing it for you know, only a handful of weeks. Yeah. But you're also probably doing other stuff like fixing your tractor or something or doing maintenance or something you know, or, yeah. or whatever. Um, the other thing is that when you have to go start traveling through, state, uh, through the state, uh, each state, you gotta look at different licenses. You gotta keep taking road tests and stuff. You gotta have uh, different classifications on your driver's license. So whether it's your hazardous or hazmat, uh, passenger, or whatever it is, each state's gonna have to have it. You gotta you might have to have a license for a different state or, or a certain type of registration or something like that on your driver's license. So it's just, it, it's just like kind of a headache to keep up with the maintenance, or the you're limited in your hours, and then also the constant updating of tests and stuff. Yeah, you probably would have to keep doing it. Uh, you gotta you gotta keep taking a physical exam every so many years or something. Um, I'm a person that I, I like to do, I do like my fair share of labor, so for me to sit there in a in a, in a semi seven days a week every year, you know, for how many months I'm in. I like to go and get, a little, get my little bit of fair share of exercise. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so, I see that. Uh, certain jobs, like, like I say, moving, uh, and household moving and things like that would be kind of cool because I can do that out. You would get your fair share of exercise and stuff like that then, you know, go drive some place for two days. Well, you, yeah. You don't, you don't mind labor. No, but I don't mind labor at all. Yeah. That's interesting. That would, I, I feel like I would, I'm the type of person who would love to try every job out for one week. You know? Yeah. And I could, I could see the appeal of being a truck driver, yeah. working one week. Like, oh, this is amazing. I can go see the country, travel around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but again, like any job through time, it's, uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. And that can, can kind of wear you down. Well, plus, too, like, let's say, a truck driver, being yeah, a truck driver, you can, there's probably a bunch of different things that you can call and stuff, you know. It's more than just a... 48-foot trailer that's enclosed, you know, yeah. or a 40-40 trailer, or whatever it is. So, I mean, probably might be hauling secret stuff for the government, or might be driving out in Alaska on the, on the frozen tundra or something. Ooh, that is something I would not envy. Have you seen that show? Was it called Ice Truckers? Ice Road Truckers? Yeah. I haven't, but I can imagine the show. Driving over a frozen lake or something for like a few miles? That's wicked. Oh man! You know, well, we were having a conversation recently, uh, like last weekend, about guys that change light bulbs in yeah. the uh, the like towers you see like around around here. Yeah. You know, you see um, we're looking off into the the distance of the field, uh-huh. but you see that that tower over there, that big yeah. one. Well, someone at certain times has to change the light bulbs. Right. Or on some bridges, people need to 
they need to be painted. But mainly, like, they go up there and you're talking, you know, 300 feet. And the last, like, 50 feet, it's all free climbing, like, free base climbing. Oh, yeah. So guys, guys have, like, a five-gallon bucket of paint with them, hauling it up, climbing it up. They have a harness, but then the top 50 feet, they're already, you know, 300 feet in the air, and they have to go another, you know, oh, man. They get paid really well, but they're, like, a different breed of dude. Talk, talk about paint bridges and stuff. Golden Gate Bridge. You got guys that actually have to go down inside the lakes and paint it. In the water? No, in the Golden Gate Bridge. So they got all the legs and stuff, and, and then some of those arms and stuff. They actually have to crawl down inside, inside the legs. And the only guys that can fit down there are guys that are skinny like you. Guys that are like, that are round as a circle like me and all. Huh. Like, no, these legs on the Golden Gate Bridge. What do you mean legs? Are the legs in the water? Yeah, so like, so they, like at the road height, uh-huh. that go like down and stuff, they actually have, those are, I'm pretty sure like all of them are hollow. There's a, there's a, a show called Dirtiest Jobs. Yeah, the Mike Rowe? Yeah. That's the one I'm kind of thinking about, like uh, doing everybody's jobs or like looking at other people's jobs, doing them and appreciating them. Mm-hmm. There's so many different types of people and jobs around that make the world go around. Yeah. And I think it's... Oh, here's it's, one. It's good to be grateful for all of them, you know? Oil rigs. Yeah, I met a... Uh, so... There's a fan of our show. He's a he's a young cat. He's maybe like 24, 25. Yeah. So he'll watch my videos and uh, listen to the podcast. I met him bartending. Oh, he yeah. was back from school. He had graduated school out in California, and he yeah. was living in Chicago. And he was just like kind of uh, thinking about the next part of his life, right? Yeah. But he. He was really curious and excited about the idea of working on an oil rig. Because you work, I think, two weeks straight, and then you get like a week off or two weeks off. You make great money, and it's just interesting. And the advice I told him, I told him, I said, I said, um, I'm trying to think specifically why I said something on the lines of when you're young accumulate stories do interesting things go live because when you're older those are the experiences and those are the the stories you're going to always have so if you're doing something that is pretty common like everyone else, you're not going to have many good stories. I said, if you work on that oil rig, you're going to have a lot of great stories and meet a lot of interesting people. And that, in turn, will make your... not only your life more valuable, but also your perspective more valuable to others. And dude's working. I saw him... uh, 
think last summer, he comes in and he's like, bro, I've been working on an oil rig. It's amazing. I, uh, I'm in California, bought a Tesla, and I just love life. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. It's amazing, man. Good for you. That's cool, yeah. Like, do, do things that are out of the ordinary. Do things you're curious about. Live a life worth living. Don't you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Take some risks. Oh, talk about out of the ordinary. Right, so growing up, you don't never knew me from playing baseball, right? Yeah. Right? Well it was just like during things in gym class or whatever, it's just the weirder the weird stuff or the eyeball stuff. Like, did pilot really do that? So I'm playing softball. Thursday night playing softball, right? And I get the home base, but I end up sliding to where I'm on my butt. Then the next thing you know, they're like, Sean, you gotta take the plate, take the plate. Here, I went to home plate, but I never touched it. <laughs> so I'm here scrambling back, doing a bird crawl back to home plate. Because <laughs> I end up right at the fence. Did you, were you safe or out? I was safe. Okay. But slower than molasses when I run. <laughs> but just about every time I get on base, the same thing happens all the time. All right. I end up missing the bag and I have to crawl back to it. Yeah. How did you get into playing softball? So you're in a league? On yeah. a team in a league? Uh, yeah, so we were in the city league. And a couple of friends from church were like, hey, Sean, we got an extra, a couple extra spots. You want to play with us? Sure. And uh, that's how I ended up getting into softball. <laughs> What's the camaraderie like on a soft, like an adult softball, softball team? Uh, so... It's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys. Uh, some of us have never played before, so and, but most of us have. And, um, it's, it's not a. Uh, it's really great. It's really fun because we all like to haggle each other about things that we made a mistake on or something. Oh, sure. You know, and so it's, it's that's the best part is when you're always kind of like, kind of like always dipping on each other. Like, dude, come on, really, you're gonna do that? <laughs> and it's like, well, you can be like Sean over here. He misses the bag. And he's always gonna come back to what he just ran over, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, so what are you doing? You're you're messing with everybody. Yeah, I know, but that's part of the fun, you know. Was it a close game? Uh, no. Yeah. We got winning or losing. Thirty-two to seventeen. Jeez. Yeah. It's uh, quite a offensive affair. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it, it was pretty, that's a pretty good game. <laughs> But like the I feel like the second of I think this is my third year, third or fourth year playing. But um, yeah, they're like, gosh, Sean's one of those guys. He he can hit. He's got the power and stuff. But he's just kind of just because he rarely plays, he doesn't get a lot of practicing. He just needs to practice. The next thing you know, it's Sean Sean's playing, which is me playing for another team because they're down a player. Sean hits, Sean comes in and end up dexterous and hits left-handed. Nice. <laughs> and they're like, Sean, when did this come about? <laughs> so you got, the other team didn't have enough players, so your team traded you. No, actually. And then you, then you played well on the other team? So what happened was that we were we were playing after another team and uh, we were doing a doubleheader. Uh, so when the team that was playing ahead of us, 
we're, uh, we got there about the same time they did. And uh, so uh, they came over and asked us if one of us wanted to fill in for both their games. And um, I volunteered and I said I would. And uh, I played catcher for them. And, uh, and uh, so it just ended up working out that, uh, you know, okay, I'm not, one, I'm not a guy that you keep an eye on or anything. But like, oh, yeah, this guy is so much up for him. No, next thing you know, I'm going to switch hitting and I'm making some decent plays sitting left-handed and I'm going right-handed. I mostly do everything right-handed, but when it comes time for sports, I kind of, I, I go both ways. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even half the guys on my team and my coach are like, Sean, you can do that? Well, yeah, can't you guys? And I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how many players can or can't do it, you know, or how many people that can or can't do that. Lefties, lefties are valuable. And uh, I kind of had this, like my whole my whole life, I kind of thought that that's kind of one of the things that everybody kind of had to learn or kind of picked up was uh, being a uh, kind of dexterous, you know. So you chose to take that on yourself? Well, I, just, I, I took it upon myself because to me, like when I did lacrosse and for hockey and stuff, I always did left hand. Okay. Well, so like, you know, when we grew up at Raymond, we always had like nine sports we did throughout the year that we did for like two or three weeks at a time. Well, when like floor hockey came around, I always did everything left-handed. When uh, lacrosse came around for two weeks, I did left-handed. Soccer, speedball, uh, everything was left-handed. Football, basketball, uh, we're kind of both, you know. but uh, like when uh, when baseball came around or softball came around, uh, I didn't really do a lot of it growing up and stuff, uh, you know, in school or anything. I wasn't with the school league or anything. But uh, I just kind of when I learned the techniques, my uncle, uh, the fundamentals of it, I applied it to being a left-hander, and uh, it's the same technique, whatever. You know, let's see if you're right-handed, you pull with your left and you push with your right. To a, somebody who's left-handed, you pull with your right, you push with your left, and then you follow through and you rotate your arms, you know, you uh, in uh, baseball. So I applied that way you told me, and uh, it, it just ended up working out. So I just, all you have to do is just like reverse what you're doing, but the same principles, principles apply to, uh, you know, to both sides. There you go. So it's just being able to apply uh, the application of it. Yeah. You know, so. Well, we're uh, coming up a little over an hour here. How about the last question I have for you? What are you curious about recently? Curious about what? What are you curious about recently? What was the last part? I'm definitely right. Dad, take that. I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that would explain. That would explain. Uh, I'm very good at Now I'm curious about your. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what's something you're curious about recently? Oh, about recently. Uh, oh, probably a lot of different things, I guess. Uh, I think my top one would be, I guess, people really. Just like kind of getting out there and meeting new people and stuff and 
what other people's philosophies and stuff are and uh, see what their opinions are about life in general life yeah. in general and things like that so um, now there's a lot of, lot of people interesting people out there you know that yeah. are quiet but really good uh, in the sense of uh, wanting to do better things with people and for people uh, to try to better uh, innovate things for humanity and such. Yes. So, which I think is real cool that people want to strive to be uh, morally better. So, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Just meeting, meeting more people with different perspectives and then yourself learning from that and also appreciating how I guess that, like, the how world goes around with all of us being different in yeah. our experiences and perspectives. Yeah. And the association awesome. of it. Yeah. Of people, so. I love it. Well... We're getting into some land here uh, that's going to be a little a little trickier. <laughs> i got to concentrate a little bit more on, on working it up. So that's why we're kind of ending it, because we got a little bit more variation on instead of just going up and down, up and down. So, uh, yeah, good to have you here. Yeah, thank you. What a treat. What a treat.